This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fansided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. And welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I am Noah Yingling, one of the co-experts of Rocks Pile. And as always, I am joined by my friend and fellow co-expert, Kevin Henry. Kevin, how are you? No, I am doing well. It is Wednesday night. It is a beautiful Wednesday night here in northern Colorado, but the the weather, it is a changing, my friend, for the weekend when those dastardly New York Mets come into town, it seems. Well, one, it always has to happen with the Mets. Just always. Just Mets. It's amazing. Yeah. It's the amazing the, Mets. That, that's what it is. Well, the schedule makers need to put the Mets every year in like August. They just should whenever they come to Colorado because it is amazing when you look back all the times it's either snowed or been freezing temperatures when the Mets have visited Denver. Or maybe the Rockies should have a dome. What? You bite your tongue, young man. I tell you that. No, we're hearty out here, I tell you. In fact, I was talking about it with somebody yesterday. I was telling them how it's supposed to snow. Yep. They're like, and they flat out said, oh, they don't have a dome. I'm like, nope. Well, nope. The, doesn't the, like this city have a dome? Nope. Don't the New York teams have a dome? Nope. Nope. Isn't Boston? Nope. Does Minnesota? Nope. <laughs> Does Cleveland? Nope. Yeah. Does Detroit? Nope. Do either Chicago's? Nope. <laughs> that, but does Tampa? Yep. Does Miami? Yep. You know, so both yeah. Texas teams? Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it is funny you say that because I, a buddy of mine lives in the Twin Cities and we were talking about uh, the upcoming Twins Rockies series and you know, we were talking about how glad that they were in Minnesota to move out of the Metrodome and actually have an open air stadium, even though obviously the weather's god awful there in April, you know, and it takes a while. It's god awful there in September. It is, <laughs> you know, but yes, Cleveland, yes, Detroit, you're exactly right. You know, that whole AL Central, it takes it a while to warm up. Uh, you know, when Kansas City is your furthest south team, yeah, yeah. That makes a difference. And I mean, that's the thing of like, like I just said, you'd think all these teams that have them and no, it's the Texas teams, the Florida teams. It's like, come on, people build a damn dome. Exactly. <laughs> come on. Well, there will not be a dome in place this weekend. And that's going to be one thing that we are watching. Uh, no, we were talking a little bit about that today after the Rockies uh, ended their 12 game losing streak to the San Francisco Giants. Uh, we were talking a little bit about looking ahead to the Mets series and just what could happen if Friday's game gets postponed, which is a very real possibility. If you look at the forecast, we have an article right now up at rockspile.com with some of the models and forecasts and things like that. But if a six to 10 inches really does come in, not only I think are you worried about what Friday might look like, but what are the game conditions really going to be like for Saturday whenever a chance of snow is still in the forecast and the highs aren't going to get above uh, the forties. And that's the thing. I mean, that's I, as, as Harry Ralston black would say, that's Colorado. It's just yeah. like, I, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> well, I mean, and, and you know, it's not like it's the giants coming in, you know, this yeah. is the Mets, this early time in. So, and you know, one thing that I was looking at schedule earlier, the Rockies, when they go to New York in late August, it's a four game series. Correct. Now, you and I uh, talked about how Detroit and Oakland 
Oakland had to play a home game in Detroit because of the scheduling, you know, and, and, and making up some one of those. I don't think they would do a five-game series, even though the Rockies have a six-game series at the end of the year at Dodger Stadium. But I think that would be a worst-case scenario. But is that better in your mind than if they try to find a mutual off day and do that weird one-game series and bring the Mets back into Denver for one game? Um, personally, I th- for the Rockies, I think it would be better if it happened like that because how do the Rockies play in New York or sure. anywhere at sea level? Sure. And how do they play at course? Um, and the the Mets are coming westward in a few weeks, so I I would have to check to uh, well maybe we can get our crack research team on it. Yes. Um, because they have they they the Mets at get our crack research team on comparing it to the Rockies, but Here, you, Mets, you look at the Mets. You tell me Mets, and then I'm gonna look at Rockies. How about that? Okay, so the Metropolitans on June 9th. They are going from San Diego to Los Angeles okay. to face the Angels. Okay. And then after the Angels series, they also have an off day. So they have an off day on the 9th and the off day on the 13th. Ah, the 13th. Could I interest you in an off day for the Rockies on Monday, June 13th as well, right before those Cleveland Guardians come to town for a series? There you go. I think that could be your Monday, June 13th could be a uh, possibility then. And then at the very end of the season, uh, September 22nd, they have an off day, the Metropolitans do, going from Milwaukee to Oakland. September 22nd, if I remember right, will be right in the middle of the Chicago series. I believe the Chicago – I thought the Chicago series was the week before. You are right, and the Giants will be in town uh, that Thursday, September 22nd, to finish up their series. So – I mean, why not just play two teams in one day at the same place? Why not? Why not bring them on? That's baseball. Exactly. Well, (laughs) it's it's 2022, and we need the schedule's already whacked anyway. Hey, why not? Yeah. So, weather is definitely something to keep an eye on. You know, one thing you and I were also talking about with Antonio Senzatella going on the 15-day injured list with his lower back strain. Obviously, there's going to have to be a shuffle with the rotation, and I think – not only could the off day on Thursday help the Rockies with that, but if you get a weather day on Friday, it gives you a chance to perhaps really use that rotation and keep guys on the same schedule. Now, of course, double headers may shift all that completely, yeah. but, but I think it's something that they may actually luck out at least the first turn through the rotation without Senzatella. Yeah. And that's the thing it could, especially with, with Senzatella going on and yes, Kevin, for those who don't remember, Kevin did say it correctly, 15-day injured list. Yep. That's what it is for pitchers. For position players, it's 10. That started this year. Um, with that, I mean, with that and then possible double headers, it it could really be a cluster yeah. of like, okay, what's happening? <laughs> like, it's, it already happens in baseball where you, we've, I, you've, I guarantee you've had it. I've had it before interviewing players or coaches or whatever. And they'll say, Oh, it's, we do this on a Thursday or whatever. And like today's a Monday. Oh, right. it is. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's already going to be, it's already screwed up, but especially with the off day plus possible snow outs, it's going to be a complete cluster of days. What pitchers could go 
do they want to keep on normal rest? Do they want to keep, what do they want to do? Yeah. Um, which in a way, in a way it's a cluster, but in a way it's, you have a lot of decisions. If well Friday and Saturday are snowed out, then you could give guys extra rest. You could keep Chad. You can have cool go on Sunday instead, even because he's been their best pitcher, but not in the last two games. And that's another thing too, of, okay, do you want your best pitcher out there and you want to keep him on regular rest, but he hasn't been your best pitcher in the last two starts. So it's like, there's so many ways to go. Oh, there is. And and let's not forget the the whole 27th man option as well. You know, there have been times that they brought somebody up for a spot start to be the 27th man. I don't think they would do that with a Feltner, but it's possible. I, I, you would think complete speculation. You would think it would be a, re- a reliever or some kind of pitcher. Yep. But um, I don't think it would be Feltner. But again, I, I, just, I agree. I, I think it'd be much more likely, you know, uh, today Ashton Goudeau was sent back down to triple A. I, I think Buddy is really looking at Ty Block and Ashton Goudeau as his two long guys. Uh, they've already been used in that capacity in the Giants series after Cool uh, and Senzatella both uh, did not last very long in their outings. So, uh, you know, I think that there could be an opener type of thing, even though Buddy hates that term. Uh, but I think it could be something where last year, whenever we saw Chassin make a start uh, and then give way, you know, I think yeah. that's really possible. And with Gudo down, I would I would have to think they do do an, a quote unquote opener. Um, it would either be block or Shasin. I mean, you know, and, and the other thing to, to remember, uh, and this was discussed a little bit in the pregame media session, uh, Jose Urena, uh, who was signed by the, the Rockies, uh, used to play, pitch for the Marlins. Uh, he is not stretched out enough. They don't believe right now to like come in tomorrow and pitch, but it's something down the road. They'll have him. They'll have Peter Lambert, who is still working his way back from Tommy John and some uh, forearm issues. Uh, At some point soon enough, Ryan Rollison will probably start the rehab process. But in the short term, you're probably looking if there's anybody outside of the current active roster, it would be a Urena, it would be a Peter Lambert, uh, you know, and or uh, Feltner is probably your three best options outside. Yeah. And that's the thing where at least by the end of the year, in theory, in theory, um, because uh, of course it's it's baseball, anything could change. You, I'm not sure you necessarily have the quality depth, but at least you have the quantity of depth. Yeah. Where I mean, what a what quantity of depth do they have right now? Uh, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, felt like right. You know, and, and you and I have talked on previous podcasts. We've talked off air about how that if an injury was suffered by the Rockies in the rotation, that's the place that they could least afford it. Yeah. And, and so we're getting ready to see with Senzatella, what impact does that really have on that rotation? Uh, another buddism coming here. It was an ill-advised injury. That's for sure. It was. I, I mean, if you could pick and choose what time you'd have an injury, it would not be right now. It would, it would, you know, because the next Rockies off day, and again, weather could play a factor in this, but the next scheduled off day after tomorrow, recording this on Wednesday night, is I believe Monday, June 6th, after the Braves come into town uh, Correct. for that series. So, um, and then they have three Mondays off in a row. So, 
you know, there's there's at least something to look forward to. Obviously, Senzatella will be back by then, but he has said uh, that he does not think this is something that will require more than the 15 days. Something of note, and just looking at the schedule, how we're talking about the off days. After June 20th, you want to guess when their uh, next off day is? All-star break. Correct. Yep. Three in Miami, three in Minnesota, three at home against the Dodgers, three against the Diamondbacks at home, three in at Dodger Stadium, three at Chase Field, four against the Padres at Coors, three against the Pirates at Coors before the break. Month long, you don't have a day off. Well, you know, and you and I talked on a previous podcast about the schedule getting tougher, and that's part of it. Not Not only are you playing in your division, tougher opponents than maybe you were with the Reds and Nationals previously, but you're also not getting that day off either. And that could be a horrific time uh, for any kind of injury to happen with rotation. Yeah, 26 games in a row. No off days, no rest for the wicked. Yeah. Just saying. So let's talk about the Giants series. Let's take it. We've looked forward. Let's look back now at the Giants series, and we're going to do that right after the break. Here on the Rocks File, Rockies Report. And we are back, Kevin Henry, alongside Noe Yingling. We are your co-experts for RocksPile.com. This is the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. And Noah, we are glad to report that finally the Colorado Rockies were able to snap a 12-game losing streak to the San Francisco Giants uh, with a come-from-behind win. Uh, in the bottom of the eighth, uh, turned turned on an offense that had been dormant since the first inning and rallied for the victory uh, behind a big CJ Crone blast, as well as you know they played some small ball before that to tie the game. Now I don't know if you if you knew this, but apparently, if you score more runs than the Giants, you, you actually beat them. Well, I, I did ha- not know that. Well, that hasn't been proven in, in 11, well, 12 games before today. So, yeah, yeah. but it's but, just but, like uh, up until today, I did not know that Joshua Fuentes was Nolan Arenado's <laughs> cousin. I just, but I but, just learned that today. So, but did you know that the Rockies actually played using Bud Black's quote here, a clean game today against the Giants? And we can talk about a lot of the reasons why the Rockies won, the the Crone Blast, all these things. But the fact that there were no errors in the game and the fact that the walks were kept at a minimum compared to previous games against the Giants, and you can see why they had a a chance to actually make the comeback and did it to get the win. Yeah, it's amazing. Again, it's amazing what happens when, A, you score more runs than your opponent. B, you don't have any errors. And see, you only walk two batters in comparison to seven, which is what happened on Tuesday. Yeah. That's why they won. You know, and, and there's a lot of things that happened after Kyle Freeland left the game today. So Kyle's going to kind of get overlooked. He didn't get the win. Tyler Kinley got it in relief. Bard gets the save. A lot happened after, after Kyle Freeland left the game. But Kyle Freeland pitched a really solid game today. And I think that that's going to get overlooked whenever people talk about the high points of the game and why the Rockies won. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things too, where, okay, there's, there's the people out there and I would tend to agree with them of kill the win where, okay, he, he, he really deserved to have a better fate than a no decision, but 
they had three scoreless innings, did the bullpen, and they allowed one hit. They didn't walk anybody either. So, that, and that's the thing where, and we were talking about it a little bit earlier of Chad Cool. Okay, he's been their best starter overall, but you now granted the Kansas City game was not great for not great at all for Freeland, but you look at even the previous four starts that he had and in those four starts, the team went three and one, but he didn't allow more than two earned runs in any of those four starts. ERA one fifty seven. Yeah. I mean, and you know, and, and Nick Groke wrote about it for the athletic, one of the best surprises of the year for the Rockies. He picked Chad Cool as that that great surprise, uh, you know, and and I know some folks on Twitter wondered would Jonathan or Jonathan Daza maybe be a better choice for that, but the as you said the way that Cool performed in those first few starts of the season again he's hit a little bit of a rough patch, but in those first few starts I, I don't think any of us expected that from him. Yeah, if going into May 11th because that was his sixth start of the year. If you would have said on April 5th, so we'll say before opening day, that Chad Cool would be your best starting pitcher with a sub-2 ERA, you would have said, oh, okay, the Rockies are doing really well because if he's got a sub-2 ERA, the other guys are probably pitching pretty well. No, he was their best pitcher, not even close. No, absolutely. Um, The problem has been the last two starts. 11.74 11.74 ERA, 5.95 FIP. Yep. Yeah. You know, and and there's going to be ups and downs. You know, yeah. there, there's absolutely going to be. And it's a matter of what will cool look like. He will not, you know, unless the weather just really knocks out the series, which I don't anticipate because Sunday is actually looking decent here in Denver. Uh, but cool will likely not face his former team in Pittsburgh. Uh, he will he will miss that start, uh, which which would have been an interesting one. Lots of uh, story angles. And speaking of Pittsburgh, I know you will be at those games uh, when the Rockies visit the Pirates at PNC, a beautiful ballpark. Uh, so. A beautiful ballpark that I, I I'd have to check exactly um, what the uh, where home plate is in elevation, but it's I, uh, obviously it's low compared to Coors Field, but. Yeah. The press box is mile high. So <laughs> it, it is. You're, you're right about that. You know, the, the Rockies have Pittsburgh and Washington, home of two very high press boxes coming up. So, um, but one thing that Bud Black said after the game, and, and again, going back to his, his talk about the clean game, and, and that's something that, you know, you and I both talked about to Buddy about uh, the walks and the mental side of the game. But Buddy really believes that if they can put together that clean game, that they've got a chance against anybody, any stadium, anywhere, because like today you saw Crone can hit the homer. Uh, they can figure out a way to use some of that speed from Daza. You know, uh, uh, Connor Joe uh, motored around today. Uh, so it can work. It's just a matter of will they be uh, – can the starters be good enough? Can the bullpen be good enough? And can they play clean defensively, which is something that, you know, on any given night, it seems like it's either been one or two of those things that hasn't worked. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, you, you have to, 
with baseball in general. I mean, as you've said, you're always going to have your ups and downs. It's just a matter of having the consistency and consistency and depth. That's, That's what will win a title in the NOS. That's what would get you a playoff spot. That's what will get you deep into the playoffs. Consistency and and, and health too. I mean, yeah, yeah. you got to be healthy. You you do, and and for the most part, the Rockies have been so far this year. That that's one thing that you know you can look at is that so far they have been, and they've also had two MLB debuts this year uh, in Montero and today with Servin behind the plate. Uh, I don't know that. I'm curious to see how long Servin stays up with the team. Uh, I think that, you know, I don't think they have by any stretch uh, given up on Dom Nunez. Somebody asked me that earlier today. Uh, Does this mean Dom Nunez is done in Denver? Absolutely not. Uh, I think that Servin is a guy that they see playing a role in their future, but I think that they're still going to give Nunez plenty of chances to show that he can produce behind the plate. And, you know, so far this season he hasn't, but they're still going to give him chances to turn that around. Well, I mean, look at the uh, look at the breakdown by plate appearances. Dom Nunez has had 36 plate appearances. Also with 36 plate appearances is Alan Trejo. Yep. When was the last time Alan Trejo was in the majors? Yeah. You know, he, he, last had... pl- he has not played a single game in the majors in the month of May. No. Well, he had that run while, while Brennan Rogers was was battling injury and and came through in a big way at second base. Really surprised some folks, uh, but but absolutely, once Rogers came back, Trejo was expendable. Yeah, but that's the thing of he ha- Trejo has not been in the major leagues for two and a half weeks, and he was a bench player, and he has the same amount of plate appearances as Dom Nunez. And that's the thing. He just needs to get more consistent playing time. He does. And, and that, you know, buddy said that was the biggest reason for the move is to get Dom Nunez from regular bats. Cause this is the thing. They're not going to make Elias Diaz, not their number one catcher. I mean, that's just not going to yeah. happen. He is, he is cemented in there. At number one, he's going to get the majority of bats. So if you're going to do anything with anybody else behind the plate, then you've got to figure out a way how to keep them fresh. And so I would not be surprised at all if there's a couple of moves involving Servan and Nunez in that backup role as the season goes along. And that's the thing like with, with Diaz, okay, he has not hit well to start the year, but Nunez hasn't hit well to start the year. And Diaz is a veteran. Nunez isn't much of a veteran. And they gave him a three-year contract. Yeah, Diaz bought himself a lot of goodwill with the end of his season last year. And so everybody's saying, oh, just wait, it's coming. Yeah. And so that's, and you're right. And who knows? It could because it, it came last year. Absolutely. So again, they're not going to pull him from that number one role. Even if he's struggling, he's still going to be number one. But you know what? If you look at what the Yankees catchers are doing right now, it's working okay for them. You know? Yeah. I mean, so. you, look, how many good cat, hitting catchers are there in baseball? It's it's a it's a vast, yeah maybe maybe Will Smith Buster Posey's gone. Who else do you have? Well, you, you know, Real Muto has has definitely trailed off from where he was. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you know. Yeah, I, I know. No. You know, and, and, Scotty Emerlin is not a good hitter. Well, and and, and I'll tell you. If, 
you know, one thing that's been a real topic of conversation just in the last week or so, because the Rockies have been playing the Giants, is about Joey Bart and how, you know, he had the crown passed to him as, as he was going to be the next great Giants catcher. And obviously that crown is heavy right now for Joey okay. Bart. And you've seen Kirk Casale actually get a lot more playing time, I think, than people expected in San Francisco. Yeah. But I mean, if you look of players that have, hit, have played in more than, 24 25 games you got tyler stevenson with the reds which he's about their only good player um he's not going to be a catcher any longer you got Contreras with the cubs yep that was what i was guy i was going to mention a minute ago yep you got will smith and then it's gary sanchez dalton varsho omar narvaez and part of it is if you look at park adjusted i mean gary sanchez is hitting 219 and he's got a sub 300 on base, but offense is so down right now that it's he's got a weighted run created plus of 119. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and our, our buddy Tucker Barnhart up at the Tigers, you know, uh, so far everything the Tigers have done has not worked out this season, uh, you know, but they made the trade for Barnhart to, to solidify their catching. He hasn't exactly lived up to those numbers yet this season either. Well, I mean, for the, for the Tigers at least, I mean, really, their their offensive uh, their their additions in general have been fairly decent. Meadows, Baez, yep. but you look at the rest of the team and it's like, yikes, yeah, yikes, yikes, yikes. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and you had the interview with Spencer Torkelson that we ran on Call of the Pen. You know, obviously he's he's hit a slump. You know, yeah, it happened. Well, it was it was right after I interviewed him because. He was performing as the best, really top rookie. And then after I interviewed him, it tailed off. You know why that happened? Well, because you're a bad person. Obviously. Well, of course. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't already know this. I mean, I do that. You know, one thing, and, and this is a complete different subject, but I just had to ask you this because you're looking at those American League rookies. I've seen a lot of folks start talking about, you know, Bobby Witt got all the, the juice, Ju- uh, Julio Rodriguez, uh, Spencer Torkelson. There were so many people that people were excited to see. But, yeah, it's been Jeremy Pena that's actually done pretty well with the Astros. Uh, you know, yeah. he's really been that under the radar. Could he be the AL Rookie of the Year, uh, you know, kind of guy? At this point, he should be. Yeah. I mean, Wait. he's got an OPS plus at 158. And taking over for Correa. In a in really you know same same and kind of way. good team that's in first place absolutely you know he's been their best player I mean yep. it, right now it's not even a contest so just keep that in mind that's something Rockies fans I know it's the American League and everything else but uh, that's one thing that I've I've heard a lot of whispers about is watch Pena and the, the American League Rookie of the Year balloting. Well, I mean, even to tie it back into the Rockies, I mean, you don't have to have a top prospect i mean now Pena was a good prospect and he was even if i'm not mistaken he was top 100 but he wasn't top five like wit torkelson well he wasn't Roy, was a royce lewis with the twins even you know yeah. honestly, with that pedigree yeah yeah because in fact i don't i think Pena was maybe top 20 with baseball prospectus entering this year but pre-2021 uh, b- before this offseason, he was low 100 or not even in the top 100. Yep. Um, and I mean, Rocky saw it with Trevor Story. 
Yep. I mean, it's not like he was a top prospect in uh, meaning like top 10. Oh, I think he got to number 99 on MLB's list before he made his debut. But I mean, that was as high as it went. Yeah. And, and, you know, think back to that spring training, it was an open competition for shortstop. I mean, story won it, but it wasn't like he was handed it like Pena was in, in Houston, where they said in spring training, you're our guy. Yeah. And, and, and took all the drama out of it. By the way, story, he was number 99, but that was prior to 2013. Wow. About that. He was never on an MLB's top 100 list again. Mind you, he made his debut in 2016. So he's turned out all right. So, you know, I'm just saying. But wait, hold on. I was told by Red Sox fans that he stinks. (laughs) Yeah, but then they then he hits one over the monster. And guess what? He's all all right again. It's funny how that works, right? What? I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. Maybe those Red Sox fans are bad people. Well, I, I can tell you, what's a, I can tell you what's a bad team this year, and that's the Red Sox. Oh <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. they are awful. Yeah, that that's gonna be an interesting. We're talking game. about the Tigers being awful. I mean, yeah, it, we thought they'd be a dark horse, not like the Red Sox. I mean, you have the Orioles. You have the Orioles in your division, and I, I think that the Orioles are now tied with them because it's the Orioles. But still, it's like you're twenty five percent through the season. Yeah. And you're tied with the Orioles for last place. Well, the Orioles have gone through their Yankees uh, crush. Uh, it seems like they play the Yankees almost every other day uh, lately. Yeah. So they're That's the only team Labor Torres can hit. <laughs> exactly. So. You know, so once once the Orioles stop start playing somebody other than the Yankees, it'll be interesting to see exactly what they do. And also they got swept by the Tigers. I mean, that, that, that tells you something. Like, you got a, swept by the Tigers. That's an issue. I'm just saying. Also, Jordan Lyles is your ace. I mean, you have Jordan Lyles as your ace. I'm telling you. And you're tied with the Red Sox. Yeah, th- things we didn't anticipate when the season began. That, right? Yeah. Seriously. That's baseball. That is baseball. That's one of the reasons <laughs> why we love it so much. Uh, one thing I'll be watching this week when the Mets come to town, and again, depending on how much that they play, but obviously – this is going to be a good test for the Rockies. You know, uh, uh, Max Scherzer was not scheduled to pitch anyway against the Rocks, so him leaving today with an injury doesn't really impact what they're going to do. Uh, but the Mets, you know, talk about rotation injuries. They, they've had them lately, obviously. Uh, you know, so I know I believe Carrasco is going to start uh, for them. I know they're going to see Taiwan Walker. I forget the other uh, pitcher. David Peterson. Thank you, Peterson. Thank you. So one thing that I'm going to watch, and if you watched it in the ninth inning today, it went very under the radar, but the very first out that the Rockies recorded in the bottom of the ninth, Bard was in, and it was a little squibber off the end of the bat that was spinning really weird toward Ryan McMahon, who was in the shift. He was almost at shortstop. McMahon picks up the weird spin, bare hands, makes the throw over to first. And and I will tell you, it went pretty much unnoticed, but that was not an easy play. And I, and I think for McMahon to be able to do that after, you know, he's had some issues and, and, you know, he's admitted, you know, as you wrote about the other day, Noah, and I listened to him say, you know, it's kind of gotten to him a little bit that he's had those issues. 
But for him to make that play today, I think that that's a really good thing to watch that maybe he's kind of finding that defensive footing. And Bud Black said it too, where some of them have been kind of do or die plays where maybe he hasn't made the right decision or whatever. But like even the Giants, the Giants broadcasters, um, former, in fact, it was former Rockies broadcaster Dwayne Kuyper and former Rockies pitcher, sorry, Rockies legend, Javier Lopez. And um, it was, it was when McMahon made that air and they said, he's had a few plays tonight and he's, he's misplayed them, but I don't think he's had a single easy play all night. No, I, I, I know the game that they're talking about and I agree with that. So, yeah. And that's why if, Again, you have to look at the the defensive metrics with a grain of salt, at least in my opinion. They still say he's above average. Yeah. One defensive run saved. Yeah. And and I think that, that statement you made a minute ago is pretty spot on. He has had a lot of tough plays. Now, last year, he made the tough plays look easy. And we yeah. were all like, ooh, ah, gold glove. This year, they haven't been that way. And so now we're all asking what's wrong with Rymac. You know, so it really is an opposite end of the spectrum, even though they may be the same exact type of plays. Correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin Henry, but I believe there were the oohs and ahs of the crowd. Oh, the oohs and ahs. And and the from Thomas Harding, of course. And and shall we say the uncomfortable <laughs> the uncomfortable shuffling of the crowd whenever they see Rymac have a few issues because that's not something they're used to. And the crowd hollers about that one. <laughs> <laughs> what are you what are you looking for in this Mets series? What's what's a big thing you're you're gonna keep an eye on? Um, at least to start the Giants series, um, as we saw, CJ Crone was struggling a bit because he was striking out a lot. Um he was he was still getting a few hits, but he I mean, before um before Tuesday's game, he'd struck out two times in each of the last three games. And then he had three three strikeout games in the previous five games as well. Um, so I'll I'll be looking to see if he can kind of keep going on the uh, if he can cut down on the strikeouts some. Um, and as I I assume you were there post game when he said uh, how if I don't hit a homer a day I'm not happy. Yep. The paraphrasing of course. Yep. Um, and it'd be nice to especially at Coors Field too see a few homers but um especially going into pittsburgh that's the thing i'm really looking at is okay you're back on the road again they say that pages turned from 2021 in the road struggles it has it didn't show up this last road trip can you do it now you got pittsburgh and washington right pittsburgh i mean neither one of them are the 27 Yankees, but it's still on the road. Pittsburgh, it's a little bit higher elevation. It's like 700 feet or so. Um, in fact, it's I I could be wrong. I think it's one of the top five in baseball. Um, Washington is dead sea level. Yeah. Um, so just seeing how they play of, okay, can they actually hit on the road? Now, one guy who has hit on the road, and I, I looked this up a few days ago, I'd have to see the exact numbers now who's been hitting on the road is Jose Iglesias. Yeah. Yep. 
I at Coors Field, he has played in 15 games entering Wednesday. And he was hitting 192 at Coors. He was hitting 407 on the road. <laughs> it's like, yeah. wow. Okay, then. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I got to admit, we were talking about that in San Francisco when the Rockies were there. Because he was one of the few guys, he and Daza were one of the few guys who were really collecting hits against the Giants during that series. Yeah. And, and I and, said uh, entering Wednesday for Iglesias, he didn't play on Wednesday. So right. it hasn't changed. No. But yeah. But it, but it is something you're exactly right. It's very interesting. And for Daza, he's still hitting at Coors. He's hitting 419 at Coors, but he's still hitting 320 on the road. So essentially, at it's stringing together the hits like, okay, maybe they they're even at the top of the lineup, but can a crone McMahon uh, Blackman, can they, can they drive them in? That, and that was the whole key today to the eighth, uh, that eighth inning that ended up costing their giving them the win. I, I, I did talk to Connor Joe after the game today. And one thing he told me that was very interesting, because if you remember Connor Joe pinch hit for Servan. And then uh, got the the innings or the yeah the inning started with a single that eventually the Rockies would take the lead in that inning. Yes. And the next batter up was Charlie Blackman, who laid down a bunt to move him over. Now Blackman was actually trying to bunt for a hit. And here's the interesting thing that Bud tipped at the post game press conference is that Mac. Charlie and a couple of the other players have been working on bunting against the shift. So I'm going to be real curious to see if that's something that becomes a part of things moving forward, knowing that that is all of a sudden become a part of the pregame activities is working on that. And so that's what Charlie was trying to do. And this isn't something that I've said about the Rockies, but I've said about players in general. If they're shifting on you, Bunt the damn ball. Yeah. There's you, you've you've got 90 feet of fair territory where there's nobody there for another 250 feet, 300 feet. Yep. So that's gonna be something. Bunt. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it sounds like it could be, honestly. Yeah. So I'll be real curious to see how that works. But uh whenever I asked Connor if he knew Charlie was gonna bunt, he said no, absolutely. He said, but one thing I've learned from being the leadoff hitter and having Charlie bat after me is the fact that I know when he hits the ball, how many bases exactly I can go. And I thought that was really interesting for him to talk about how that he's learned almost the, the flight of the ball off Charlie's bat and what that's going to mean to him on the base pass. And what am I going to say in response to that? That's baseball. No, (laughs) For once, no. Um, <laughs> that's what happens when you have consistency. Yeah, true. And uh, and the versatility is great. Of oh, McMahon can play first or second, or Bryant can play third in a, a, every single position. But just getting that consistency of okay, I know this guy's behind me. I I've seen him do this five hundred times before. Yep. Even in May, even. Even with the late spring training, Connor Joe has hit ahead of Charlie Blackman a ton of times already in spring training and in regular season games. And it's just learning the process of, okay, this has happened before. I can do it again. Yep. Agreed. 
now that the consistency that is baseball. That what's uh, that's what makes good baseball. Right. <laughs> well, speaking of baseball, uh, I will be at Coors Field uh, this weekend. Weather dependent, of course. You know, we will see how this all turns out. Uh, but we will see as the Mets come into town for what should be an interesting test for the Rockies. And then, as you said, Noah, an, an interesting road trip ahead, Pittsburgh and those crafty Washington Nationals. And with Pittsburgh, I haven't checked the weather, but it better not be snowing. I will not be happy if it's snowing there. It'll probably be, <laughs> it'll probably be warmer there, knowing, uh, knowing Colorado in the springtime. And, and again, let we did not say this earlier. I'm going to say this as the local Colorado guy. It snows here in May, folks. This is not like some weird phenomenon. People are going, oh, my gosh. No, it, it snows here. It does in May. It, it snowed on Memorial Day before. It happens. But it usually snows in April. And oh, it, it also isn't coming a day after it's 90-some-odd degrees. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. We, we have had a really weird start to spring here in Colorado and, but a snowstorm coming in should not surprise anybody. It's going to just suck for those Mets fans that get it every year. It feels like so. So in Pittsburgh, it is supposed to be 67, 74 and 78, 78 on Wednesday, a day game, which will be a 10 35 AM game yep. in Colorado. Yep. And there is a 50% chance of thunderstorms. Well, Brunch that day here in Colorado, I think. Brunch and baseball. Let's do it. Why so, not? What's that? No, why not? Why not? Oh, have why not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys listening to this episode of the Rocks Power Rockies Report. We will be uh, not only at Coors Field, but also in Pittsburgh. Uh, we will also be working on our next road trips, and we will be announcing those shortly where we will be with the Rockies because we want to bring you the best coverage that we can every day. Something fresh on rockspile.com as well as our sister site, call to the pen.com. Noah, as always, it's a pleasure, my friend. Pleasure is all mine. <laughs> and we will talk to you all very soon on the next episode of the Rockspile Rockies report. But until then go Rockies.